Greetings, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Song of the Spheres podcast. Today is the 24th of October, 2022, and we're at T minus 18 or so hours before the partial solar eclipse in Scorpio, early tomorrow morning, Eastern Standard Time. If you hear the crunching of fall leaves under my feet, that is because I'm on a walk in one of my favorite graveyards in all of the world. And the sun is shining. The temperature is ideal. The leaves are beyond spectacular, beyond description. Hopefully you're in a place where you can also step outside and take a look at them. So this eclipse in my world has already gotten off to quite a running start. Um, You know, a lot of times we feel and experience the planetary positions before they occur the transits and the conjunctions, the movements of these heavenly bodies as they are moving into place with each other, but before they actually arrive, we'll start to feel it. So there have been, you know, the shit has been going down around me personally uh, for, for the past week or so. And I would imagine it has for you as well. Um, But there there is another aspect at play here that actually did already perfect on the 22nd, but is still very much in influence for this eclipse tomorrow. And that is the Venus conjunction to the sun. Now, there are two different kinds of... Venus conjunctions to the sun as well as Mercury because Venus and Mercury are both our inner planets. Their orbits uh, come first. Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, right? So we're going to experience these two planets differently than we experience the planets orbiting outside of our orbit, beginning with Mars. Um... I'm going to sit down here for a minute in this lovely little shady spot and keep talking. So, um, so for Venus and for Mercury, but right now the topic is Venus. So we're talking about Venus, Venus. There are two different types of conjunctions with the sun. There is the superior conjunction with the sun, which is what's happening right now, and the inferior conjunction with the sun. So this is a lineup. This is a straight line. These are direct lines of gravitational force. Geometrically, we are working with an exact straight line. So right now, we have a superior conjunction of Venus to the sun. What that means is that if you look at the sun, which obviously you shouldn't, even though deep down, primally, we want to, and children will do this, I've learned. You can't, 
you can't really make a big deal about not looking at the sun to kids because um, then they get super curious and then they'll burn their eyes out. I actually dated a man once who wore glasses and he told me that when he was little, he just, he couldn't, he just one day was just looking at the sun and he got completely mesmerized and he couldn't stop looking at the sun and it damaged his eyesight and he had to wear glasses from that day forward. So just a little word to the wise with your kiddos. Um, so, okay, so if you're glancing at the sun out of the corner of your eye, or if you're sun gazing at dusk and dawn, um, you can know that Venus is directly on the other side of the sun. That's why we don't see her right now. We don't see her in the morning. We don't see her in the evening. She's totally hidden from our sight, but she is also with the superior conjunction. She's not just hidden from our sight. She is hidden from our feeling sense. We don't feel her because there's a giant atomic fireball between our home planet, between our physical bodies and that other planet, which is the planet, who is the planet of love and connection and physicality, embodiment, pleasure, what we like, what we enjoy, what makes life worth living. This is Venus, and she is completely blocked from us right now, both visually and by feeling sense. So the good news here is that Venus moves quickly. This is a quick transit. And I know that a lot of astrologers talk about ways to work with this transit because obviously it is very powerful. I just, I just want to also add to this discussion that it's powerful, yes, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. Um, if we feel into what's actually happening phenomenally in this lineup, we're, we're blocked from the influences of this planet. We're blocked. Um, there are different ways of looking at that. There are different ways of working with that. But sometimes in our experience with this conjunction, and I recently learned with it in its um, progressions, when it shows up in a, in a natal chart in the progressions, um, sometimes we have very painful experiences. And I think that that is important for us to be aware of. And that actually happened in my story, in my timeline, at the exact moment of the conjunction, which was the 22nd on Saturday in the evening, or early, early evening on the East Coast, um, I was working a wedding and on the grounds where we were throwing this beautiful, spectacular party in the most perfect weather, the most perfect, glorious couple, and family around them, surrounding them, and just such a beautiful, perfect day. At the moment of this conjunction, on, on the land, um, the, the mother and father of, of this land, of this, of this work, the grandparents, our elders, their house is on the land, and their house burst into flames. And in the middle of this wedding, we watched it burn to the ground. And we sobbed. And, and we went into shock. And, 
of course, the, the fire department was called, but it was too late. The house was, it went up so fast. We still don't know what happened. And it was just like the heart of, of us got burned to the ground in an instant. It just lost, gone, you know, and we will rebuild, but it will never be what it was. And the strangeness of that experience in and of itself, I don't know if you've ever experienced a massive fire, a total loss fire. It was so surreal. But to be in the midst of a celebration of love and lifelong commitment while this blaze roared into the heavens and the, the smoke plumes above it, I don't know, 20 stories high. It was indescribable. And... I had, I had just listened to one of my favorite podcasts, Adam Summer. He had a guest, um, this woman, Jen. I don't remember her last name, but she's quite wonderful. I actually heard her on the Astrology podcast with Kira. Also don't remember her last name. Um, just wonderful, brilliant women. Adam, wonderful, brilliant astrologer, and they were talking about the Venus cycle. Jen has started a celestial library in Olympia, Washington. So powerful, so important. They were talking about the Venus cycle, and she has, because of her life experience, gone into great depth with this superior conjunction of Venus to the sun, and this, I was listening to this right before the fire, the day before the fire, but it so resonated with my feeling on the Venus cycle. And I just, I just, I was just very, very touched by this episode. Um, I listened to it twice. So I was, I was halfway through listening to it for the second time. Um, you know, when I got, when I got to work that day and finished it after the fire and um she goes I highly recommend this episode if you're if your curiosity is piqued by this she goes into great depth much more astrological um astronomical technicality than I go into on my podcast currently um but by her experience and long experience through her own life, lives of people that she knows, other astrologers and clients, that this can be a very painful time of loss to be experienced. Um, and I, of course, have no idea what the natal charts or the progressions look like in the people's lives that this happened to. For me, it was very tertiary but I remain fascinated by the observation of this incredibly dramatic loss occurring in the in the very f- 
flesh and blood heart beating center of a celebration of love and lifelong commitment and it happening at the exact moment of Venus being precisely in the heart of the sun exactly and precisely as far away from us as possible as blocked from our experience and our sight as possible it was it was pretty staggering and to look at the whole chart was staggering it's way i don't do charts in this podcast currently it's way beyond what i want to be looking at um as far as the technicalities go but the whole chart just tells the story in in a way that makes my head spin it makes my head spin it it shocks me out of slumber it it stuns me into lucid revelation i mean sort of what i titled this experience as i was writing about it in my journal what i titled this experience as i was writing about it in my journal was lucidity crashes the party because i watched everybody around me those who i work with and those who were there in celebration of the love of their friends union i watched us all everybody's eyes get wider and our perceptions of each other and the world around us get 10 times clearer and everything was vivid and crisp and 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 sharp and striking and real just like on every fiber of our nerves alive and active every fiber of our emotional body just supercharged And now so now I'm thinking about the the influence of the planet Venus on our emotions and being at that moment in the center of the sun so you know as soon as she moves into the rays of the sun days before she moves into the center of the sun we start we can we cannot see her anymore we really start to experience this this lack of her influence this lack of her feeling But when she gets in the exact center of the sun, you know, when people talk about using this moment magically or ritually, this this is the moment when she's in the exact center. And so it was almost like this feeling of an 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 electric jolt to the center of our nervous systems which were which were which were sort of blocked because of her disappearance but when the lineup happened we got a jolt so that's just an observation I'm not I I'm not sure where to go with that right now but um yeah so okay so the important part of this there are many important parts but the important part of this in regards to the solar eclipse that's happening tomorrow is that it's ha- it's happened they're ha- they're happening at the same degree so venus is no longer exactly in the heart of the sun but she is still within a degree of conjunction of the sun and we still can't see her we're still not feeling her she's moving on but 
now the moon moves moves into this lineup. So let's go over the lineup again. So we have Earth. We have the moon moving ever and ever closer to the sun. I've been watching the moon in the morning, just diving every morning. Just the moon is closer and closer and closer. It started out overhead when I could see it from the eve of my house. When I go outside, I go outside in the morning to do my Qigong and I could see it overhead just at the eve of my house. And then every morning I get up and it's going, it's going further and further, moving further and further into the east, closer and closer to the sun, just diving into the sun and the crescent gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And I'm watching it and I'm, and I'm thinking and I'm feeling how that shadow that I'm watching grow over the face of the moon is the earth's shadow. So the, the moon is moving in between the earth and the sun and the earth's shadow is blocking out the sun completely. And then once the sun gets in front, I mean, blocking out the moon completely. And then once the moon gets in front of the sun, the shadowed moon, which is normally not in the same alignment latitudinally and longitudinally. And that's what we have that's different about an eclipse. The sun and the moon move into the same latitude and longitude. And so the disk of the moon moves in front of the disk of the sun and blocks out the sun's light. Now, we're not going to see this unless we happen to be in Antarctica or the South Pacific, um, South Atlantic Oceans, or the southern parts of, uh, of, of South America. Um, but we will be, we will still experience this blocking out the, the shadowed invisible moon, blocking out the light of the sun. So the light of both of our luminaries gone. Now at the same time that this is happening, which happens twice, sometimes more a year during eclipse season, at the same time as it's happening tomorrow, the sun and the moon but particularly the sun, are also blocking out the light of Venus. And Venus is the third brightest celestial body in our sky. So this is a brief time period, but this is a lot of darkness. This is a lot more darkness than we generally experience. Okay, so here's the lineup. Earth, Moon, if, you're, if you are looking, if you're glancing at the sun out of the corner of your eye, you know the moon is in front of the sun. Earth, moon, sun, Venus. Straight line. That is a straight line of gravitational force. This is very, very, very strong gravity. Very, very, very strong archetypal gravity. And a very strong, noticeable, phenomenal decrease in the light that we experience on this planet. So what do we do with this energy? How do we work with times like this? How do we consciously wake up in the morning and move through our day and make the right decisions? I'm walking again. You hear the sound of the leaves. Um, something that feels very important to, 
to speak to is something that one of my very favorite astrologers, Virginia Rosenberg, says, I think every eclipse season, um, she cautions, she cautions us not to do magic during an eclipse, around the time of an eclipse. It's not the time for doing magic because the outcome of eclipses is intrinsically unpredictable. And so I would say a caveat to that is don't do magic during an eclipse unless the ingredient that you desire for your concoction is a, is, is a cosmic level power of unpredictability. If that's what you're after, then go for it. Otherwise, this is not a time for magic. That is not to say that this is not a time for ritual. So we want to tune into the tenor, into the feeling of these forces and not just say, oh, this is powerful. So I'm going to use this as a time to make something, to use its power for something that I, that I want to affect in the world. That's not generally speaking a, uh, a wise use of the energy. Um, now this is a south node eclipse. The south node is the tail of the dragon. So this is, this is the part of the body of the creature that is expelling, that is releasing, that is taking a great big dump over the land or the water as it flies. Um, and so, so the way that we're experiencing this, you know, the reason that it is conceived that way is because the way that we experience the energy of the South Node is as a place of release, as a place of relief, as a place of expelling expressing, letting go, taking a giant dump. Just let it all go. This is, this is a good opportunity to take a really big shit. If you need something out of your life, that's the kind of thing that you want to ritualize. And, you know, it's likely that this is something that you've been working on. And, you know... Okay, so caveat to the magic thing. Um, another caveat, not really a caveat, just a way to play it, is we can use this. We can use this energy. It's not that we can't use this energy. It's not a time for manifesting. It's a time for letting go. So sometimes eclipses happen to us. Sometimes we can get ahead of the energy. And, and, and we can move with it. That's the goal with astrology, is to understand what the energy is, what it wants to do, and to cooperate with it. Not to control, not to try and control. Not to respond in fear, which I'm going to say more about in a second. But to cooperate with it. So if you're needing to let go, if you're wanting to let go... If there's been something that you've been trying to release but haven't, just haven't been able to get the teeth into it that you need to release it, that is something that is very powerful to ritualize during this time. 
So that's kind of the way that we're working with this energy. Um, but with the, with the understanding that with the play of Venus right now, that we may be in, we're likely in, a lot of us are in very deep emotional waters. And writing this through successfully, surviving through this successfully, that's the goal and that's the accomplishment. The accomplishment is going with the current and not fighting against it. The, the, the only thing that is asked of us is to, to move with this current. Don't go against it. You know, the only reason that you're going to want to be taking action in a time like this is because you're led to. Um, it's because that's what you truly feel in your heart and soul. That's what you're moved to do. Then do it. Um, otherwise, there's no action necessary. Only cooperation. Only, only ceasing to resist and fight against these gigantic forces, these dragon forces. So something that I feel like I want to speak to around all of this is what I encounter a lot is people um, feeling afraid or, or asking the question, oh, is this bad? Like looking at their natal chart, oh, is that bad? Um, or hearing about an upcoming transit, is that bad? Oh no, I feel afraid. So this fear is not incorrect. <laughs> this fear is actually quite important. This fear is actually a really good diagnostic response to the fact that individually and collectively we are waking up. This is a very good thing. For this to be such a common experience and question and feeling for ind individuals right now, to me, I'm like, this is really good. What this means is that we are waking up to the reality of what it is to be alive. What it is to be alive is very fearful indeed. It is a total risk at all times just to be alive. Very bad things happen all the time and will continue to happen. They always have and they always will. That is what it is to be alive. The extraordinary and the horrific exist as one in the same place in this realm of duality. And our culture has given us lots of ways of distracting ourselves and numbing ourselves out to what we fear in life. And numbing ourselves out to what we fear in life does not make it go away. In fact, it makes us more vulnerable physically, emotionally, spiritually. It makes us, it actually puts us in danger rather than protecting us from danger. 
if you grow up in the city and you go out in the woods without a guide, then you might get eaten by a bear. You might get bitten by a viper. You might fall off the side of a mountain very, very, very easily because nature is wild and you are tamed. You are, you are no longer in your natural state. This is the proverbial you, not who I'm talking to, but this is in all of us who are alive in this culture today. Um, we have been tamed. We have been tamed and we are no longer wild. And we don't know how to deal with the wild. And um, it's an example, it's not a metaphor, it's an example of this when city people go into the woods and they lose their lives because they didn't know how to be in the woods. It doesn't mean that the snake and the bear and the rock cliff are evil or bad. It means that this is what it is here. This place is glorious. This place is wild. And we are a part of it. And when we pretend that we're not, and we numb ourselves out to the reality of the wild creature that you are, that I am, when we numb ourselves out to the reality of who we actually are, then we put ourselves in danger. So to bring it back to the astrology, when we look at challenging astrology and we go, oh no, is that bad? Oh no, is this dangerous? What's coming up? What I see in my natal chart, this transit that's happening next month or tomorrow? Is this dangerous? Oh no, I'm afraid. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's good. It's not that it's dangerous. It's not that it's safe. It's that we live in a living, we exist in a living, wild, biological ecosphere. And this is what it is here. And if we're only looking at the good in astrology and holding our breath until the bad passes, then it's just another symptom of ourselves numbing out to the reality of who we actually are. You know, and I, I see that as part of the function of quote unquote bad astrology, like this Venus superior conjunction loss archetype that people experience. It's being stripped down to your very core naked self and then being asked the question, who are you? Who are you now? Who are you truly? You know, the morning of the fire, I had a very long day. I got there at seven o'clock in the morning. There was one other person there and I asked him, I said, did you see the moon? Cause I was just watching it on the way in. And it was this super thin crescent, cup shaped, smiley face. And he said, and he looked and he said, yeah, it's like, it's like a cup. It's like a smile. And I said, yeah, it's like the Cheshire cat. Little did I know the rabbit hole that we were all about to fall down into the lucidity that was about to crash our party hard. 
And I could just hear that cat asking, who are you? Who are you now? Who are you really? Somebody was passing by. I wonder if the sound of these falling leaves can be picked up on this recording. The sound of the wind and the sound of... It's just, it's, it's like a rainstorm of leaves on the wind right now in the graveyard. It's super beautiful. So... I, for me personally, tuning into astrology this way brings me into balance. It makes me feel like I'm okay again. I, I woke up into this life, into the company of people who were totally numbed out and unconscious. And I woke up into this life with a nervous system on fire that feels everything. And I knew something was wrong something was bad wrong and and the and the response that I got my whole young life all the way into my 20s the response that I got from people is what's wrong with you why aren't you okay we're all okay everything's okay everything's okay everything's fine and I was never one to externalize and to act out I internalized that and I had severe panic disorder And I understand looking back on that now, it's because my nervous system recognized the imbalance of this place and I, I, nobody was explaining to me what it was that I was feeling and I felt like I was fucking crazy. I wasn't crazy. I was just picking up on everything. I just wasn't numb and I was never able to numb myself. Not saying that I haven't numbed myself in ways. There are certainly ways, all of us in this culture, numb out in ways, for sure. I have definitely found myself in the wilderness around very dangerous creatures and forced to be in the present moment every second so I don't get bit by a rattlesnake or caught in the jaws of a large cat. And recognize, wow, I don't normally exist in the present moment because this is really challenging. This is really hard. You know, and through my practices, I've realized that too, through my meditation and Qigong of just like, wow, it's really hard to be in the present moment. And I'm getting better and better at it. And the lucidity, the experience of the bliss of consciousness is an excellent payoff. But there have also been to large degree ways that I, have, I personally have never been able to numb out in this life because of the nervous system that I was blessed with. And the more and more I learn about astrology, the more I experience the world through the astrological lens, the more balanced I become because it's, it's giving me accurate feedback as to what's actually happening here. To, to be under the delusion that everything's fine and that nothing bad can ever happen to us because of these toys. And then when we look at our natal chart and we see something scary, when we look at a transit and we see something scary, that's when it's scary. 
It's scary because we're numb. We know we're numb and we know that snake can get us. We know that if we encounter that bear or that cat on the trail, that we won't know what to do and we'll be at its mercy. But if we can wake up before we meet the snake, before we meet the cat, before we meet the cliff edge, if we can wake up and know what it is that we're dealing with and know who we are when we come face to face with it and be conscious and alive and lucid in that moment, then it doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter what happens. Life might happen in that moment. Death might happen in that moment. Tragedy might happen in that moment. But we know who we are. We know where we came from and we know where we're going. And that is the gift of astrology. There are many gifts of astrology. But for me personally, witnessing the difficulty and being held by the pattern of it all, being held by the meaning of the friendship and relationship between these planets in and of themselves, for themselves, and with or without us, and that we are actually a part of it, that we are actually a part of this grand pattern, that we're held in it, it's such a great comfort. So, this is a challenging time. We can look around the world and see this is a challenging time. We can look at our own personal life and see the challenges. We can look at the lives of those around us and see the challenges. And we can look to the cosmos and be guided and be held. And I find that actually looking at them, actually gazing on them every day as they move like the living creatures that they are is part of the comfort. It's a part of the connection. If you listen to astrology, if you take in this lens and this way of working with the energies of life, I highly recommend. I can't, I cannot recommend enough. Also taking in the phenomenal celestial world, taking it in with your eyes, getting up early, going out in the middle of the, the night, being uncomfortable, standing in the cold, craning your neck, all of it. Taking the effort to take it in. Take, take it in with your eyes. Just take it in. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to understand the dynamics. You can, you can do that, but just start by just taking it in. Taking it into your eyes. Because it is you. It's me. These planets are us. I am Venus. Venus is me. Venus is you. Venus is we. The sun and the moon dance in our eyes, in our minds, in our lives. May you be blessed during this eclipse. And during this eclipse season, we have another one on November the 8th, lunar eclipse. So more to come. There's more to come. Much love to you all. Thank you for listening. And I will talk with you again next time.